0: Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rockhouse Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. And be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Curveball into it, Pastor Brian and Tyler have uh, preached through like the the actual book readings, and I mentioned to you that there's memory verses. I'm going to actually preach from the memory verse this morning, and that is out of Romans chapter four, verses twenty and twenty-two. It says, "This isn't on the screen there, so don't be searching for that." It says, "Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God." but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised and this is why it was credited to him as righteousness so this morning I'm going to be preaching from our bible verse our bible memory verse but I'm actually going to back up and include a couple extra verses we're going to be in Romans chapter 4 verses 18 through 25 this morning is where I'm going to be preaching and I found three points, I think, from this week's reading and from this morning's Bible verse that I think would be helpful for us. First, we need to believe in God's promises. Second, don't allow your faith to be weakened. And the third one's like it. Be strengthened by trusting in God. And before I get going a little bit, you know, jumping right in, in chapter four, we got to get a little context. We got to back up here about what's going on. In chapter three... Um, Paul tells us that all have sinned And fallen short of the glory of God Okay, Every one of us has sinned And then in, in chapter 4 he goes on and explained How Abraham was credited with righteousness And it wasn't because of Abraham's works It was because of his faith So this morning I want you guys to, to understand It's not about your works It's about your faith So, if we would, let's jump in this morning and get right into the text here. Kind of bounced around a little bit there by accident. So, I believe if we have the um, verses up on the screen, it should be verses 18. Um, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him, so shall your offering be. This morning, my first point is that we need to believe that God's promises, even when there is no hope. We need to believe in God's promises, even when there is no hope. Did anyone come in here this morning feeling like there was no hope? Maybe some of you have been feeling like uh, you're having difficulty um, bearing a child. I wonder if that's anything anyone's going through this morning. Um, Maybe your grown children have kind of conformed to this world and they've kind of gone out into the world and they're kind of straying away from God's word. Maybe that has caused you to lose a little bit of hope this morning. I don't know if this is anyone's family, but maybe your family's kind of stuck in deception where everyone's kind of deceiving each other and kind of lying against each other and and causing some difficulties. Maybe there's been a recent death in your family. Someone's died that... uh, you know, that's really hurt you, and, and and you've kind of lost a little bit of hope in, in in their death. If that's you this morning, if you're feeling like there's no hope, then when you read through this week's scriptures, you're going to find yourself in really good company. Um, We're going to get to, well, really, if you've been reading, uh, we just come through Job. And look, everything that happened to Job, we was talking about that this morning in, in the D group, about look at all the... Just the hurt that Job went through and and why he went through it. Why he went through it is going to encourage us. Um, Hopefully by the end it did me. But many of you probably know the plight that Sarah and Abraham went through trying to have children. You know, God had come and gave Abraham a promise that he would be a father of a, a, a large nation. But here he is. He has no kids. uh guys if your wife and you were having difficulties having a kid and she comes to you and says you know go with the slave woman embarrass a child don't do that that's a trap (laughs) (laughs) stay away from that that is that won't work good for you uh that's a lesson we learned from from abraham and, and sarah right that they tried to take their got their own you know problems into their own hands and it just got a lot worse right But what about the anguish? Do we ever think about Abraham when Lot decided to leave him and he went his own way? Do we ever think about how Abraham might have, you know, hurt for Lot and longed for him and, you know, saw that Lot went down to to Sodom and to to a you know a detestable city and saw that Lot was walking away from God? Did we ever think about how that might have hurt Abraham? And you know, we find ourselves in those same situations. I, I was pretty much the Lot one day, but I'll get back to that later. What about the conflicts that our families have, like between Jacob and Esau, you know, fighting over their blessing and, and stuff like that? But as we go through this Bible reading this year, these examples have meaning for us. These examples show us what we can face and, and how we should handle it. And that really, I kind of skipped the main thing today. Uh, the title of the sermon was that God's promises are bigger than our problems. You know, we come in here, we come without hope sometimes. We have these situations that are occurring in our lives, and it just steals the hope from us. But in the end, God's promises are bigger than our problems. But sometimes we try to take those things in our own hands We say, Okay, God, you're not working too fast here for me. Uh, this isn't what I expected it to be. I don't see my like white picket fence in the front yard and my three cars and my four-wheelers and the garden and, and my sheep and, and my animals or my kids. And then we start turning around to our non-believing friends, people that don't believe in the Bible. And we, What would you do in this situation? What would you do here? And then we start down a road away from God's will. And that's the main point about this Bible reading is to make sure that we're in, in God's will. Um. I've been down there outside of God's will and down the road of doing things myself and making my own problems bigger. Um, Our plans are, are never better than God's. We can never come up with an idea. We can never create a nation better than the one that God has planned in this Bible. You cannot take God's principles out of this nation and cause it to flourish. It won't happen. They've been trying that for years. But we don't know what God's will is. We don't understand what he wants from us. If we're not reading it. Like Abraham's. Our problems are only going to get bigger. Outside of God's will. But even in our messes. Even when we make our, our mess bigger. God is still bigger than our problems. We, we found Abraham was against all hope. But he believed. And it was credited to him. Righteousness. Abraham was against all hope. The promise was given to him. Didn't make any sense. You know, how many of you guys have people come up to you and say, hey, the Bible just doesn't make any sense to me. But does that change God's promises? Does that change what his plan's going to be? Does that change how it's going to... Abraham did. Abraham followed God's promise. He'll see you through your problems. This morning, you can be saved by believing. That's all Abraham did. He just believed. He actually went down the road of doing a lot of things. And a lot of the things that he did, we were talking about this morning, were just weird. Like, why would you do that, Abraham? (laughs) You know, but we do those same weird things sometimes. But this morning, it's not about your works because otherwise you'd you'd boast. It's all about grace. This morning, it's so simple. The world actually has trouble with how simple it is. All you have to do is believe that God sent Jesus to come and die for you on that cross, that his blood makes you clean, That he rose again from the third day so that you would have a way in heaven. Because there was no amount of, you know, mission trips you could go on. There was no amount of prayers that you could do. There was no amount of um, good works on the weekend that we could do, family little gatherings, uh, community gatherings. There was no amount of giving away clothes or adopting kids or orphaning them or taking care of them. There was no amount of those things. Because otherwise we'd stand up here and we'd boast and we'd say it was all about us. But it's all about that blood. This morning, all you have to do is believe in your heart that God sent Jesus and confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you will be saved. It's that simple. Our next Bible verse is in verse 19. It says, Without the weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. This morning, don't allow your faith to be weakened by the size of your problems. Sometimes, just like Abraham, we need a reminder of what God's promises are. And that's why we're getting back into this word and, and reading it and finding out these things for ourselves. In the opening verses of chapter 18, Abraham... Receives three visitors. They remind him that next time this year Sarah is going to bear a child. She laughs. She thinks that's funny. How, how am I going to bear a child? My womb is dried up and, and no good no more. But how many of us laugh at God's promises? You know, how many of us really truly believe and stand on God's word and, and do what he says? What about the people around you? How many people laugh at Christians today? I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to the news lately. You know, I'm, I'm a big newsy guy. But we're considered, you know, uneducated. And now they're saying that the Bible's fairy tales and that there's no place for Christians in, in, in political atmosphere or anything like that or in, in the working, in the workforce. We need fresh reminders that God, about God's promises Here's a few of them. The gates of hell will not prevail. All things work together for the good of those who love God. He has a great plan for your life. It's to prosper you not to harm you. All you, all call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. By his stripes we are healed. He's went ahead of us preparing a place for you. There is a lake of fire. Whoever's name is not in the lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you'll be cleansed of all sin. Jesus is coming back again, this time, not as a lamb, but as a lion. The lamb came in peace, but the lion comes as king. He's in the midst of two or three who pray. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He purifies those he calls. What then can separate you from his love? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons... Neither the present nor future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This morning we don't need to focus on our problems. We need to focus on God's promises. In verses 20 it says about Abraham he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith. That brings me to the next point. Don't be weakened by your faith, but be strengthened by it. I like how Brian said it last week. He knows because he was there. He knows because when he got saved, he was there. His life radically changed. I met Brian three years ago. Three years ago, Brian's life was totally different than it is today. You know, God's word is called the seed. And when that seed gets planted into your heart, something has to change. The creator of the heaven and the earth plants that seed inside of you. His Holy Spirit, something has to grow. And if you look at a, a man like Brian, his life's radically changed if you knew him three years ago. If you say that you had the Holy Spirit come in you and nothing's changed, I would really consider coming and praying this, after, this morning and ask why nothing's been changing in your life. I couldn't help but think about why I believe this morning. And, and I, I got three younger sisters, and one of my sisters, I remember as a small boy, we was leaving church one morning. And I don't know, we was probably like 10, 11, I can't really remember. And uh, I, we got leaving this church one morning, and, and we walked outside on the way to the car, and I looked over at my sister, and I said, do you, you feel like there's something different going on here at church than our home? And she just kind of smiled and said, yeah. You know, God's real. When, when he reveals himself to us, if we let him come in there, he'll show you to himself. When you get into his word, he'll reveal a, a lot more than you can even comprehend this morning. There's a little Facebook gift that goes around that says, I bet you can't steal this. Ain't nobody stealing Brian's feeling anymore, and there ain't nobody stealing what I felt this morning. If the Holy Spirit's living in you, there ain't nobody stealing that. Nobody can talk you out of that. That's why we do some crazy things where we tithe 10% of our income. You know, sometimes that's kind of a crazy thing. If you think about 10% of your income, one of the biggest, most powerful uh, testimonies we had when we went down to Brazil is me and Pastor Bra- uh, Tyler. Was down there, and we would just be on the streets of Sao Paulo, like super poverty, like the United States doesn't even. I don't maybe over in California someplace, but we don't even realize the poverty when you go down and compare it to Sao Paulo down there. And we sit there on the side of the street with our uh, interpreter, and we explain to them what we're doing, and we, you know, together we spent five thousand dollars to go down. To them, that was I think fifteen thousand. I think. That would have been 15000 of their dollars, which, you know, makes it even sound even bigger, right? These two guys, these two white guys, really, you know, go down all the way down to Sao Paulo to tell people about how real Jesus is and that he can change their lives and that they need a relationship with him, and it rocked them. And we got to see a lot of people come to faith, and it's been fun partnering with them through Facebook because we get to see those that we minister to and that they come. You can't steal that. Today, people are trying to change God's word, and Pastor Tyler preached about that uh, a couple weeks ago, about in the garden, all the way back in the garden, did God really say? You know, historians don't uh, dispute that Jesus, a man named Jesus, come. The dispute is who he was. That's something to think about. Now, let's, let's throw a few, I should have did the math here. Let's go a few years back, they're trying to say the Holocaust never happened, right? And who was the nation that was affected by the Holocaust? the The Jewish nation, you know. There's always been this hate for the Jewish nation. Say, Satan doesn't want us to know the truth. They're trying to erase history on us. Some of our school teachers want to say that science can't prove God. I'm not going to go real far down that road. I wanted to, but it takes a little bit more time and study to do that. But go to the history. Go to history and see how God has preserved this word, how, how he's preserved the nation of Israel, how he's been protecting the Jewish people. The battle is still going today. All the way over in America, we have anti Semitism right now. People are upset at the Jewish nation. In America, why? why? Why would they even be upset about that? We don't even have nothing to do with that over there. Because God said that was His promised land and those are His people. This morning, you're considered to be His people too. The, the attack's still real, the deception's alive today. Satan's a liar. And then Paul tells us that we're left with no excuse to not believe in the Bible. Paul tells us there's no excuse in verses 18, Romans 1.18. That's not up on the screen, though. Romans 1.18 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all people. The godliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen. Clearly seen. Being understood from what has been made, creation, we've been going through that just then, so that people are without excuse. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 24, therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Does that sound just a little bit like 2020 today in the United States? Trading God's truths for lies. Did God really say? Should we really believe in that? Not believing in what God says weakens our faith. Not believing in what God says weakens our faith. But remember, the key is, we wanted, I wanted to encourage. I, this point is, we want to be strengthened. But how can we do that? Well, we need to turn off those devices I don't know about you guys, but we need to pause Netflix. We need, You know, some of these guys, they know so much information about ESPN, it's not even funny. They know all these statistics about all these players, and I'm just over here like, how do you have the time to sit there and, and, and know these things? I kind of get stuck with the news, and I, I'm an equal opportunity newsist, I, uh, I, I spend as much time with Fox News as I do with CNN and, and NPR. I like to see what one's saying about the other and trying to find those. But what's standing between you and God? What is keeping you from being strengthened in God? Maybe it's not any of those things. But if you're not paying attention, the problems of our nation are only growing bigger. The problems in our community are only getting bigger. The problems in our lives are only getting bigger. But remember, God's promises are bigger than those problems. We need to get back to God's word and we need to work on strengthening our faith. Once we believe in God's promises and strengthen our faith, we're left with one last thing to do. So this is my last point for Kristen says I don't give her enough time. Verse 20 goes on to say, Abraham was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Sometimes I wonder if we forget to give glory to God. Once we answer the call, it's so easy to forget what we should be doing. It's so easy to forget God's problems. It's so easy to get back into the routine of our daily lives and running around doing schoolwork and, and work for our jobs. Uh, maybe work for the community, those things that are good. All of a sudden, we start taking the credit. We forget what God did for us by sending his son to die on that cross, and we start you know, feeling better about our lives and how we've changed. And I, I started off by saying, it's not you that changed, it's God that changed you. His spirit is alive in your life, and he's sanctifying you, and he justified you. But when we begin to forget what God's done in our lives, when we when we forget to give Him the glory, others around us don't see the glory. They they tend to forget too. And if they're not coming to church and they're not in the Word and you're not in the Word and you know, then who is? And then all of a sudden we get to where we're at today. No one knows the truth. Sometimes telling my story is kind of embarrassing. You know, I I've. You know hate that I went down the road that I did But I believe it was for a reason And Paul tells us in 2nd Corinthians Chapter 12 verse 9 My grace is sufficient for you For my power is made perfect in weakness Therefore I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses So that Christ's power may rest on me that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak then I am strong. Some of you all this morning need to give God some glory. Some of you this morning need to stop taking credit for the things that you've done. They're probably good things. But we need to give God the glory. In James 4 it says if you confess your sins to one another you will be healed. This morning, it's not me who saves you. It's not Rock House Baptist Church. It's Jesus Christ who came and died for you on the cross. But we have to give God the glory about what he's done, what he's doing, what he already has done, what he will do in the future. And stop looking at our problems. Get focused on his promises. I'm going to share a few of my weaknesses so Christ's strength can rest on me this morning. It's going to be a little bit tough. But I'm a son who kept his mother late up late at night worrying. I'm a brother who constantly forgets important family events. I'm a college flunky. I'm a former gang member. I'm a financial mess. I'm a husband with trust issues. I'm the friend that doesn't stop talking. I'm the brown noser at work. (laughs) I'm the church member who wants to do it all. But that's a picture of my weaknesses. So Christ's strength may rest on me. This morning, if there's anything good that you would see in me, it's not me. It's Jesus. He can come and he can transform you. Just like he's transformed me. Just like he led Abraham through all the messes that Abraham and his family went through. All the messes that you and your family is getting ready to go through or have been going through. This morning, as you stand, I have one last little section of Bible verses. If you would stand for this one last Bible reading. I can't remember if I put it up on the screen, verse 22, or not. Verse 22 says, This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. It was his faith, it wasn't his works. This morning, if you feel like there's something that you have to do, the only thing it is is to confess that Jesus is Lord. It's by faith that you were saved, through grace, not by works. But Paul goes on to say, It was credited to him, and it were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justifications. This morning, as the music plays, would you accept that righteousness has been not just credited to Abraham, but it's been accredited to you as well this morning? If that's you, why don't you come this morning? Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. And begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.